Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Really, Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! Hey, D! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. You can find me on Twitter at B underscore H-E-D-T-K-E-N-B-A. You can also find the show on Twitter at Believe in Wolves. That's B-L-E-A-V in Wolves. And this podcast, as always, is a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Today's show, I have two separate things we're going to do. The first thing we're going to do is look at some of the potential power forward options that the Timberwolves could maybe try and target. The ones that I specifically think would be worth trying to target. Um, and I wrote a piece about Ankena Supa, so I'm kind of going to be going through that piece, breaking down everything about who those players are, how they would fit on the Timberwolves, what it might cost to acquire those players. Um, I might add in a few players that weren't mentioned in the piece, so if you read the piece, stay tuned. There might be a couple extra guys in there that weren't written about in that piece. And then on top of that, um, the conversation following that will be me going through some hypothetical Ben Simmons to the Timberwolves trades that I have seen posted online and giving my reactions, my thoughts about those trades and what they possibly could, if they possibly could happen or if they're just laughable or, you know, anything in between. So before we do that, I do want to just go ahead, get a quick thank you from our sponsor before we get into this conversation. So I will be right back. We're midway through July now. The NBA Finals are going on. It's the heat of the MLB season, and there's no better time than to bet on some sports. Speaking of the NBA, the NBA Finals just got tied up the other night, 2-2, and we're heading back to Phoenix for Game 5. Now, if you are confident that the Bucks are going to win this series in 6 or 7, you might want to go ahead, head on over to betonline.ag, and put a little bit of money on that. Currently, the Bucks winning the series in 6 is plus 325 and the Bucks winning the series in seven is plus 360 so if you feel confident that the Bucks are going to take this in one of those two you can go ahead put some money down on it if you're not comfortable with that and you want to go a little bit uh, of a easier route you could always go ahead and throw some money down on how many games the series will go if you think the series going seven games it's minus 135 and if you think it's ending in six it's plus 105 Either way, you can head on over to Bet Online and bet on the NBA Finals or any other sports that are going on right now, including futures. So visit the website today. You can even use your mobile device to join, and you will receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, now let's get back into the episode. So. I wrote this piece over on Kane Supas that came out on Thursday, and basically I highlighted three players that I thought would be good fits for the Timberwolves next to Carl Anthony Towns. Before we get into those specific players, I want to break down what I think are the ideal fits and what are the you know negotiable traits and and the order that I would you know base those on. Okay, so the ideal fit next to Carl Anthony Towns, as with pretty much any player, is you want somebody who can defend is switchable, and can hit shots. 
that's a perfect world, right? That means you're going out and you're getting like Anthony Davis. That's not going to happen. Anthony Davis is completely off the table. The, just no way now. Besides that, when you look at how important things are for filling that power forward position next to Carl Anthony Towns, you really have to look at what things you can negotiate on and which things are the things that you absolutely need. Um, so personally for me, I think defense is one really crucial part. I don't want to be putting out a poor defender next to Carl Anthony Towns. So I don't really like the idea of Juancho Hernan Gomez starting there. And I don't really like the idea of some undersized player who can't really affect the rim. You know, like Josh Akogi can play, you know, he plays his ass off defensively, but he's he's not a big body. He's like six foot four. So that's not an option for me. So I think you need to have good size to play some defense next to Carl Anthony Towns. I think that's probably the number one thing. And then I would say the second thing would be to have some sort of offensive gravity. Not necessarily spacing. It doesn't have to be floor spacing by virtue of shooting threes. But just overall offensive gravity by being able to draw defenders out to you so you're not clogging the lane for someone like Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns who are trying to work down low. So, um, and then obviously shooting threes would be like the the ideal world. If you can find a guy who's switchable defensively but is able to guard the rim, also can draw defenders and spaces the floor, that would be fantastic, right? But there's some options that I went through that I think fill enough of those boxes that are worth going and trying to trying to see if you could get them. And it all is going to depend on how much you have to pay to get them. So these players are not the Ben Simmons of the world. They are not the Miles Turner of the world. And they are not the John Collinses of the world. Um, like I said, with the thing that I was talking about with spacing and, and uh, overall gravity is like a Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons doesn't space the floor by shooting threes and using a jumper but he spaces the floor by overall offensive gravity because of his threat to drive to the basket and play make for others and things like that so i found some mid-tier that's the label i'm going to put on mid-tier targets to fill that void and the first mid-tier target that i um mentioned in the piece was brandon clark of the memphis grizzlies so Clark is now going into his third year um, of his rookie contract with the Grizzlies this season. So he'll be making, I think, $2.7-ish million this season. And then next year, he'll have a team option for about $4.3 million. So it's a really value contract. It's something that the Timberwolves could easily make work money-wise. But it's just if that money lines up with the value, right? Um, so let's talk about Clark a little bit. He's six foot eight and weighs 215 pounds. So he's not overly big to play that power forward position. He's shorter than Jaden McDaniels, but he does have about 30-ish pounds on Jaden McDaniels. Um, but like I said, it's not exactly great size, but he's really, really good at punching above his weight class. And that's what I wrote in the piece. Um, he plays a lot bigger than he actually is, which is something that's really important when you're talking about undersized players trying to play up a position and I think he does that really well um he had a down year this past year he went down in points and rebounds um slightly went up in assists and he also went down in his field goal his two-point percentage and his three-point percentage so he kind of took a downturn this season um he shot 36 percent from three as a rookie and he only shot 26 percent from three as a sophomore but 
Neither of those are on large volumes. I don't know if we can really determine if he's a great shooter or a bad shooter. Um, offensively, he doesn't have a ton of gravity, but he is a really solid role man. So the idea in trying to go and get him is to use his gravity would come more in a pick and roll setting where D'Angelo Russell or Ricky Rubio or whoever might be running that, you know, being the ball handler in that pick and roll set. Um, Clark could be your role threat and try and, you know, play above the rim. And that's something the Timberwolves do not have. Um, and I've talked about that before and others have talked about that before, but that is something that I think would really open up the offense even more than it already is going to be. Um, but the reason I want to target someone like Brandon Clark is he last season had a subpar season. So you could maybe try and go out and buy low on him, especially considering the fact that the Memphis Grizzlies were a pretty solid team last year. Um, Xavier Tillman looked really good in a backup role. Kyle Anderson has played quite a bit of his minutes at the four spot. And then you have Jaron Jackson back healthy now. So I think that Clark could really be struggling to find some minutes. And if the Timberwolves could offer Memphis something that they could put in their rotation at a different position outside of the power forward spot, they might be interested in doing something like that. So trying to target uh, Brandon Clark would be something that I think would work out really well. Um, I think you would, you could put him in a overall lineup of D'Angelo Russell at the one, Anthony Edwards at the two, Jaden McDaniels at the three, which I've talked about this so many times. I think that's his best position. Brandon Clark at the four and then Cat at the five. Uh, Clark potentially could shoot, you know, 35% again next season at, like he did his rookie season, and that's a little bit of spacing for you. He's not going to shoot eight threes a game, but he could shoot a couple and space the floor a little bit at least. Um, but I think that in that starting lineup with the shot creation um, and the shooting ability of D'Angelo Russell, the creation of Anthony Edwards and his shooting, hopefully progressing, Jaden McDaniels can knock him down, and Cat's one of the best shooters in the league. Seven so Brandon Clark there at the four. I think you can get away with it. I think he has that mold of a switchable defender who can also help protect the paint. Um, and you, he does sacrifice a little bit of size, but like I said, he's good at good at playing a little bit bigger than he looks. So overall, I think that would be a good person to target. It's a buy low candidate where you might you might end up having a really good value if you can get him for cheaper than he ends up being, you know, worth on the court down the down the line. Um, Clark will be 25 before next season starts. So he's not exactly the youngest player. He's not this budding 20-year-old power forward that the Grizzlies are totally bought in on and want to overall, you know, want him to be one of their building blocks. I think he's a nice piece for them, but I don't think they're sold on him being like a building block for the future. Um, I don't know exactly what it costs to get him. Some sort of asset would need to go out. You can't just give away bad players and expect to have good players coming back. Um, who knows if Memphis values him highly or less highly if they'd be willing to sell him after a bad season last year comparative to his rookie year. So overall, I'm not exactly sure, but I think that Brandon Clark would be somebody that I would be really interested in trying to go out and trade for. The next option I wanted to talk about is Maxi Kleba from the Dallas Mavericks. Um, so Kleba only has played in the NBA for four seasons so far, but he is already uh, 29 years old. But regardless of his age, I think he would fit really nicely next to Carl Anthony Towns and I think he would actually be pretty attainable because he had kind of a down year last year and I think that Dallas Mavericks fans are kind of ready to to be done with Maxi Kleba um so let's talk about him a little bit he's six foot ten and weighs 240 pounds so you're not sacrificing any size there um he weighs I think a little less than Cat. Cat might be about 250 ish and he's an inch shorter 
Um, but I think his size would be ideal in the front court next to Cat. Um, and again, putting putting uh, Kleba there would allow McDaniel's to slide down to the three spot. And I think that would, like I, I've said many, many times, I think that's his best position. But um, much like much like Clark, like I talked about earlier, Kleber had a little bit of a down year last season. Um, he played 50 games, uh, 26.8 minutes per night. He averaged 7 points, 5 rebounds, 1.4 assists. He shot 46% from 2 and 41% from 3. So his 2-point shooting was a career low, but his 3-point shooting was the best of his career. Um, every other season that he's played in the league, his 2-point shooting has been at least 58%. Um, including two seasons above 60%. So this year was like drastically low, which makes me think that he'll probably be a little bit better than that this coming season. Um, but he only took 1.3 shots from two this past season. 1.3 as a six foot ten big man. 1.3 shots from two. Um, but shooting 41% from three, he took 4.23s per game. So really he spaces the floor a lot on offense. Um, 41% is really good. That's like cat numbers. 4.23s a game is solid volume, especially when you're talking about a low usage fifth offensive option on the team. So I think he's a real threat from deep. And I think he, he either is going to help you space the floor and have some gravity, or you are going to end up, um, regretting leaving him open in the corner. Offensively, I think his low usage would fit in really nicely next to Towns and Edwards and Russell, um, space out in the corner for many offensive possessions. But he has other roles other than that. He ranked 75th, or he did rank in the 75th percentile in spot up situations, but he also ranked in the 75th percentile in the pick and roll as a roll man and was in the 92nd percentile in the pick and roll as a roll man last season. So he's he's a solid role threat, which is something that Timberwolves always could use. Um, and defensively, I think he'd be a good partner for Town. He could switch with Towns and guard some fives. He's also pretty mobile for as big as he is. I've seen many clips of him sticking with Kawhi Leonard and other wings, so I think he can switch down a little bit too um, and not be completely left in the dust. So he's not a stout defender. I'd say he's a little bit above average, but he has a number of skills that I think would be very valuable next to Cat on this team. And like I said, his size allows him to play some center. If Cat's off the floor, um, maybe you want to go with Kleba instead of Nas Reed if you need a little defense. So I think that's an option. He currently has two, year le- two years left in his contract before becoming an unrestricted free agent in 2023. He'll be making nine, just under $9 million. I think it's $8.75 million this coming season. And then like $9.25 million the season after that. Um, so not crazy money. Pretty solid contract. I think that's doable. Um, I talked to one Mavericks blogger. He told me that he would trade Maxi Kleba for Josh Okogie in a future second-round pick. So I don't think it's necessarily unrealistic to think a trade of maybe Josh Okoge, Jake Lehman, and a future second-round pick potentially could get the Mavericks interested in that. Again, that's not sourced information. That is not me saying what his actual value is. But I'm just saying, hypothetically, I don't think that's completely out of the question. Might need to add a little bit more. I don't exactly know Maxi Kleba's value, but I don't think it would be astronomically high by any means. Next player I want to mention is P.J. Washington. Now, Washington, outside of the players like Collins, Turner, Simmons, he's like my favorite fit next to Carl Anthony Towns, um, but he definitely would cost more than Clark or Kleba. Um, overall, Washington had a solid first two seasons in the league. Um, he saw, or he averaged just under 13 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists per night. He shot 48 from, 
48% from two, which isn't great, um, and 38.6% from three, which is pretty solid on 4.5 attempts per night. Um, he's only six foot seven, but he has a seven foot three wingspan. So I, I run the piece using Ryan Saunders' infamous effective playing height model. That makes Washington six foot eleven, factoring in how long his wingspan is compared to his height. Um, it's eight inches longer than he is tall. So add those four inches, cut that in half, add those to his height, six foot eleven. Um, but seriously, jokes aside, I think his length coupled with his frame, he's two hundred thirty pounds at six foot seven, so he's huge. Um, I think he's a good size player to fit next to Cat. Um, he's super mobile, so I think he can switch down to wings no problem, and he also can help you protect the rim, which is something that, like I've been saying, forever we need that. Um, he's also a solid shot blocker and he deters, you know, opponents away from the rim with this, which is something that is just really important overall as a defender, especially someone, um, defending next to cat where you got to make it as easy as you can on cat and help less people get to the rim where cat has to make a decision. Um, so I think that would help PJ. So if you ever got in a situation where McDaniels and Washington had to switch, I don't think you're going to be left on the dust by any means. Um, Offensively, I think he's a quality three-point shooter. He's good volume, just under 39%. Um, so he's going to garner some attention from opposing defenses, which will make life easier for Cat and D'Lo and Ants and everybody else on the Timberwolves' offense. Um, outside of shooting, he's also a very effective player in transition. Um, he ranked in the 81st percentile, according to NBA.com, um, this past season. And in his rookie year, he actually ranked in the 69th percentile in transition. So... Uh, he had a little bit of an uptick with LaMelo Ball coming into play, which makes sense. LaMelo Ball is one of the better passers in the league. Um, but he still was very effective in transition without LaMelo Ball in the past. Um, overall, Washington would be a good contract to have, but the trouble would be finding somebody that you could trade for him when he only makes $4.2 million. You might have to take on a bad contract or offload some assets that are cheaper. Um, I wouldn't want to be trading a Jaden McDaniels to make this trade happen. And perhaps that's what it needs. And maybe this is just unrealistic, but I'd be willing to trade, you know, some draft picks probably for PJ Washington. Cause I think he could be a long-term answer at that power forward spot next to cat. Um, but I don't know what his, I don't know what his value is overall. Um, like I said, you're going to have a little bit of trouble matching salaries, making the trade make sense for both sides. You got to send out something good for them to, to want to bite the bull on that. So I think he'd be an interesting one. I think he fits offensively and defensively really well. Um, I know he's only 6'7", but like I said, he's got size and plays a lot bigger than 6'7". So I think he'd be good. Um, but like I said, I have no idea what that would cost. So that's something that would have to be looked into. But overall, that's like my favorite fit outside of like Ben Simmons. And I actually like that fit more than Miles Turner, to be honest with you. I like John, John Collins probably more um, than P.J. Washington just because I think he's a higher quality player. But I'd take P.J. over Miles Turner. People haven't really brought up that option. Maybe he's too big a piece of the Hornets' the Hornets uh, rebuild. I have no idea. I shouldn't even call it a rebuild. But uh, we'll see. Um, chances are none of these guys are Timberwolves um, <laughs> next season. But I just wanted to look at some more options. All right, moving into the next segment of the show. It shouldn't be too long. But I do want to go through some of these hypothetical bra- or excuse me, Ben Simmons trades to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, the first one comes from a fan-sided website. I believe the site is, I don't know which site this is, actually. Either way, this is a piece titled, 
uh, best Ben Simmons trades for Wolves, Cavs, and Raptors. The Minnesota Timberwolves one says, despite being one of the worst teams in the Western Conference pretty much annually, the Timberwolves do have two excellent pieces to build a team around in center, Carl Anthony Towns, and last year's number one pick in shooting guard, Anthony Edwards. However, they will need an upgrade at the point guard position to have any hope for pushing for playoff positioning in the future. I do not agree with that. I don't think we need help with the point guard. I think D'Angelo Russell is a playoff quality point guard, but I digress. And then he goes on to, goes on to say, while the Timberwolves do not have a pick in the 2021 NBA draft, they do have two expendable pieces to orchestrate a trade with Philadelphia for Ben Simmons. Point guard D'Angelo Russell and shooting guard Malik Beasley. Russell would provide the ball handling and scoring to offset losing Simmons. Beasley has averaged nearly 20 points per game since joining the Timberwolves. My problem with that is labeling Malik Beasley and uh, D'Angelo Russell as expendable. I don't think either of those guys are necessarily expendable, though Beasley is more so than than Russell. I think the whole idea of bringing in Ben Simmons is to surround him with spacing and creation that he doesn't have to do himself. When you talk about Carl Anthony Towns, not to the caliber of a player that Joel Embiid is, but he definitely has a skill set that I think, you know, offensively makes life a lot easier for Simmons. Same with Russell, same with Anthony Edwards, the creation that Edward Edwards has. So the idea for me is to bring in Ben Simmons to pair him alongside D'Angelo Russell. If that's not happening, sorry, I'm out. I do not I do not want to do that. Um so basically I guess this trade offer is D'Lo and Malik for Ben Simmons. Um I don't like it. I don't like it at all and I don't even know if I don't know what maybe maybe the 76ers take it but I don't, I don't like this one you're giving away your second and third best shooter to bring in somebody who doesn't shoot and all of a sudden you have Ricky Rubio and Ben Simmons on the floor at the same time count me out I am not interested in that the next trade comes from dunking with wolves uh, another fan-sided website and this is the piece is titled Three Trades with the Philadelphia 76ers. Only one of those trades does involve... Actually, go back. One of the trades does involve Ben Simmons, but it is not Ben Simmons coming to Minnesota. It's actually Minnesota getting Danny Green with a sign-in trade, and the ninth overall pick from Sacramento, and Shake Milton. 76ers getting De'Aaron Fox and Malik Beasley, and then the Kings getting Ben Simmons and Jared Culver. I don't really like this, sending out Malik and Jarrett and getting Danny Green, Shake Milton, and the ninth pick. Not that big into that one. I'd rather just keep Malik Beasley. I know what I have in him, but I guess it's not like the worst trade I've ever seen. Um, But the next one is a trade that actually does involve Ben Simmons, and that is the Wolves getting Ben Simmons and Paul Reed uh, for D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jalen Noel, the 2023 first and 2024 first round pick swap. I don't like this one either. I love the idea of Ben Simmons and Paul Reed. Paul Reed would, I think, also be a really solid power forward option next to Cat in like a limited role. Um, but he's also a rookie, and he has, a, or he just finished his rookie year, and he has a lot of growth to be had before he's like starter quality. Uh, but again, you're giving up D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, plus Jalen Noel, and a first round pick and a pick swap. I don't love this one for the same reasons I didn't love the last one. I'm out on this one. Um, we're gonna go ahead and look at the next one which is a three-team trade that does involve Minnesota getting Ben Simmons. And this is one that I have kind of been looking at a little bit, but not so much. So this one comes from another fan-sided uh, website. Um, I don't know. If, 
I don't know what it is, but it maybe it's just fansided.com. But it is five sensible Ben Simmons trades. And the one that is for the Minnesota Timberwolves comes out as this. The Timberwolves getting Ben Simmons. Good. 76ers giving getting Bradley Beal. Good. And I'm going to read the things that the Wizards are getting in reverse order. A pick in 2022 from the Minnesota Timberwolves. A pick in 2021 from Philadelphia. Ricky Rubio. Tyrese Maxey, and Anthony Edwards. I am not giving up Anthony Edwards. I talked about this in the last one. There is very, very, very few people I would trade Anthony Edwards for, and Ben Simmons is not one of them. If I'm not trading Malik and D'Lo, I'm definitely not trading Anthony Edwards. So, no thank you. Not happening. Um, That's just too much. There's no way you're giving up Anthony Edwards for that. If you replace Edwards with Malik Beasley... So if it's Beasley, Tyrese Maxey, Ricky Rubio, and then maybe we throw in another first or two, I'm pretty down for that. I'm not going to lie, but this hypothetical trade I can't get behind. I cannot get behind trading Anthony Edwards for Ben Simmons, so I'm sorry, but that is a no-brainer no for me. All right, well, other than that, I don't have anything else for today's podcast. Um, All I'm praying for is that... uh, Anthony Edwards gets healthy, um, doesn't do anything to tweak his sprained ankle. Hopefully Nas Reed is doing okay. Juan Hernan Gomez gets back healthy. Um, wishing good luck to everybody going to the Olympics. Currently the the USA team got some COVID protocol things going on, but um, yeah, the you know Ricky Rubio is going to be there for Spain. Leandro Balmero is going to be there for Argentina. Josh Okogie is on the Nigerian national team. So I'm excited to watch those guys in the Olympics. Excited to watch Team USA. Um, there won't be any Timberwolves representing Team USA at all this season. But it is what it is. That is totally okay. If guys want to stay home and get healthy, that'd be fine with that because we've had bad injury luck lately, and I don't want that to continue because I have high hopes for next season. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to uh, this episode. I do truly appreciate that. If you have any questions for me or anything, you can always tweet them at me. Uh, like I said, at B underscore H-E-D-T-K-E-N-B-A. Other than that, this has been the Believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by Ben Online. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke, and I will see you guys in the next one. Peace out. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.